1: Welcome back to the Lenton Rouge Cycling Podcast for the preview of Il Lombardia 2023. We're recording this on Wednesday morning. The race is on Saturday as is typical for the Italian classics. We've had a couple of warm-up races before this. Giro dell'Emilia won by Primoz Roglic with his patented sprint on the weekend and yesterday we had an exciting edition of Tre Valli another hilly circuit race. Not with climbs, both of those races climbs not as long as what we have here in Il Lombardia. That was one by Ilan Van Wilde. We will talk about that a little bit because I think the tactics yeah. are really relevant in both races uh, for this Saturday race. But the profile has changed, Benji. It's flipped around. Uh, which, which one is this?
0: <laughs> so basically the storyline is that every year the starting line and the finishing city, they switch around. So, this year it's from Como to Bergamo. Last year, from Bergamo to Como. And two years ago, from Como to Bergamo. So, it's basically the 2021 route. If you remember, 2021 were the days where I recall Pogacar basically attacking in the, in the main on the last climb. Then, Masnada have, having some demon descending towards Pogacar in the descent. And then, I swear, Pogacar tried to drop Masnada on the final hill, like the small um, Cole Aperto just before the finish line. And he didn't drop him, but then Pogaccio won the sprint. No, yeah, I think so. Correct? I think that's I think that's right. Um, my memory of the race is still fine. <laughs> what do you yeah, prefer that, that this parkour or do you prefer the other? Because I feel like this one is five to ten percent more mountainous, if that makes sense.
1: So from memory, I could, which was the one that Pino and Lombardi and and uh, Pino was the yeah. I always think Chivilio when I think Lombardia, the 4K yep. 10.1% climb. And the descent. Yeah, the descent. That's what, When I think of Lombardia, that's what I think of. Did it have the most exciting racing last year? It was kind of the same race. It was just Pog and UA whittled it down progressively over the climbs. And then uh, Enric, in fact, attacked Pogaccio. Maybe he even was a little bit stronger on the climbs, but they weren't long enough and Pogaccio won another sprint so yeah i don't really know it depends on the start list depends on how the race plays out i think this is still a fine it's just longer climbs. it's it's a different parkour because you know they 240ks it's long uh last year the other one is actually 15 kilometers longer about maybe 20 minutes longer the race but this has more 20-minute climbs and so the madonna del gazalo they warm up where the break will go or just before there and the uh the Roncola, six Ks eight and a half percent, the Berbeno, seven Ks five percent, bit of flat, then the Paso la Crocetta twelve Ks six percent, then the Zambla Alta, another uh two point six Ks at seven percent. A lot of these climbs are actually quite irregular. Yeah. Then a descent, and then the, the real climb where we expect the race, like this is where it should kick off, really. This is where the race-defining move will probably happen. The Paso de Ganda, 9k, 7.1% before a descent, short valley, and then a 1.3k, 7% climb. It's really... Like, say... Pretend this was a Grand Tour stage, Benji.
0: hmm Yeah.
1: I would probably think this was a small group sprint, or maybe some, like, late attacks, like on Fossombrone on the Collier Aperto, because... It's f- before the Paso de Ganda, it's four climbs. Mm-hmm. You, you really, your team has to put a nuclear pace on those climbs, I think, to make people tired before the Paso de Ganda. But in saying that, Poggy was able to go
0: away in 2021. Exactly. And I do feel like I'm not 100% sure I agree because I feel like the Ganda is actually hard enough in the last portion, like the last three kilometers, 8.7% going up to 15% in the last segment of the climb. I think that's hard enough to launch an attack even in a, a Grand Tour stage, for example. Kind of reminds me of, um, it's a weird comparison, but the Paul stage with Marie Blanc, where you've got the valley after the climb, where it's not the long valley after the climb either. I feel like it's a similar scenario where they could get away on this climb with a, a group of three, four riders and make it out for the victory towards the end. I don't know how small your group sprint is though, so maybe that was three to four riders in your head.
1: <laughs> no i was more thinking you know 10 10 yeah. 12 going to aperto and then then people punching away but you're right it's but actually the same average gradient in length as Laurent.
0: the real difference between last year's parkour and this year's parkour to me is that even though last year's parkour was moss versus pogacar that was the kind of parkour where you could expect a, a puncher to slip into the top 10 maybe right and i feel like in this terrain that's not really what I'm expecting to happen. I don't see that happening on a parkour like this. I think this is where the actual true climbers come out for the stage. And I reckon I've got a similar race view as you. The first two climbs, the first, well, every climb except Ganda is probably going to be um an attrition climb, making it harder and harder. Maybe the Docena and Zambla Alta climbs will be used to anticipate for riders that don't necessarily feel like they're going to be there in the final or teams that want to kind of pressure other bigger teams by putting their second rider in the attack. That's possible, but I reckon it's going to be followed out on Paso de Ganda as well, and that's where we'll see the actual um, major differences. But is there a clear favorite based on the parkour for you? Because, like, last year, Mas had won Giro de la Milia dropping Pogacar, but going into this race in Lombardia, we were all of the opinion that Pogacar was going to win the race anyway. Like,
1: because there was no Roglic on the start list because he uh, crashed out of the Vuelta, and I think can't even remember who else was there. I don't, man. Lombardi is uh, a different beast, isn't it? But like, <laughs> well, for example, I remember Yates was very, very good in 2021 on this parkour. But yeah, yeah. He, it was kind of like Landa, Iguita, Rodriguez, uh, Valverde about to retire. I'm not sure Adam Yates was there in the top ten vinger i think was actually like second or third favorite but was no good uh in lombardia last year i see this as there's two teams two dominant teams we've seen that in trevalli we've seen that in giro Emilia, um well one dominant team which is uae and uh one big second favorite who won emilia which is rogwich with a d with a pretty strong team as well mm-hmm. and Uh, To just go back to how I think this race will play out to those two races, UAE, like in the Tour, used Adam Yates as a domestique, but in Trey Valley yesterday, it was even more kind of head-scratching to me that you would use, not to make the race really hard and reduce the group, they used Adam Yates to chase a Wilco Keldman bait move 15 seconds ahead on the flat and a descent. Chavez also chased a little bit when he was pulling just with Bargil, with like I don't know twenty kilometers to go, twenty three kilometers to go. With he's pulling a group of twenty five plus. Like it, I, it was baffling to me that they would use the eights in that way. Um, and I do think uh, in this race I would try if I was Yumbo to do exactly the same thing, which is on those earlier climbs you mentioned benji where realistically you're not going to win the race going on Bereno, you're not going to win the race going on these earlier climbs send Tratnik, send kelderman because you do not want yates and pog one twoing you yeah. on paso de Ganda. you want to bait them into using yates early again
0: exactly that's how i see it as well we've seen multiple times now in both emilia and trevale that UAE really spend their domestics early and emilia was Volunteering to spend them early. They chose to spend them early yeah. by just facing every single iteration of the climb there, the San Luca climb. But in Trevali, it's more that they were kind of forced to do it. And if you see that they react when they're forced to do it, then you can try and use that in Lombardia to create the same exact scenario and hope that that reduces the firepower that UAE has before the final climb. And we saw then, for example, in Emilia, that Pogacar doesn't really have that in that race to end up dropping Roglic on that climb and I know Lombardo's different, Paso di Ganna might be different, but I do feel like there's something in the last two stages where I'm not completely confident in Pogacar either. It's weird, it's like I kind of expected more because I also haven't seen a snap in the last two races.
1: Well yeah, Roglic is coming in here with, yeah, you, you've not seen that separation. Maybe you're, what you, you mean is, it's not that he's not dropping Roglic, yeah. not dropping anybody. On in Trey Valley in particular, he attacked mass, who was right there. It's still a group of 10, 12. Yeah. He's not getting that separation, but I would say Lombardia is it really is different. Phys- it's really, really different. Like, yeah. do you get Di Origande? These are 20 minute efforts, they're completely different. And so,
0: and yeah, the Pogacar- length of the race,
1: yeah, exactly 240 k's, he probably 4,000 meters climbing. So, would I expect Pog to just drop Roglic on the Colle Aperto? No, but I think there's also a pave section in there. But is he more likely to drop him on Paso de Ganda than in the previous two races? Absolutely, and he's done that in the past. Yes. So, perfect climb length for Pog. Uh, but you're right; it's it's not that he's not dropping Roglic. He's he's kind of not dropping anybody. He is a little bit of a. But
0: is he just tricking us? I don't know. Probably. Um... Question. We've seen Pogacar and Roglic in his last two races, but we've also seen that that third man that was also very active in the last two races and I feel like he's a bit of an underdog because Trevale's scenario, the way it was won by Von Welder, is really interesting because the group was kind of looking at each other and looking at Roglic and Pogacar to solve it and Roglic and Pogacar don't want to ride each other to the finish line. So you get a scenario where Von Welder attacks and there's no instant reaction and then he's gone and wins the race and that suggests to me that it's not impossible for another rider to win either tactically that being said i feel like that scenario is more likely to happen in a Trevalli than it is in a lombardia because i expect the stakes to be a bit higher there but also next to that the climb is longer so it's harder to benefit from that that attack in that sense but carapaz as a man that i'm I'm looking at right now because el hadwa, el hadwa the has been on fire the last like he's had a bit of a a bad moment as in twitter he started off crash very early velta he had i think he wasn't ready in time or something and then he didn't show up on the start list even though he was planned to ride the race yeah. or something and now he's built into the italian classics and he looks really good in my opinion
1: well he's attacking them very powerful attack at the end of Trey Valley, getting a gap after the group had been non-cooperative. And if it is, if it is the case that ua Jumbo, yambo send Kelderman, Tratnik, Volta, like early, ua spend their DOMs early. The two Slovenians once again have no teammates for a long time in the final, and you've got this punch and then a flat sprint, and you've got Karapaz, Vlasov. Hinley, O'Connor, Joni Zagira, all looking at the two Slovenians, yep. thinking, I have no interest in going to this punchy climb, th- three, four minute climb and a flat sprint with you. You could have that situation, or Van Wilder, that situation that you described. One man we haven't mentioned at all, Benji, Remko, even of course. Mainly because he's, well, he's the, probably the third favourite that hasn't done these two warm up races. He's been, but he just did a reconnaissance of the Lombardia course. It is, I think, a great course for him because he can mm-hmm. win it three different ways. Uh, he can win it dropping everyone on Ganda or going with them on Ganda. He can win it punching on Colle Aperto. He can win a flat sprint from a group yep. of three, four, five in the finish. So he has a, a lot of options to win this. Uh, my question mark is maybe his descent, like Poggi's descent of the Ganda was not good in 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, from memory, lost a lot of time to Masnada. Yep. Uh, what do you think after Van Wilder's win? So the, the, basically, I think they should go as co leaders, by the way. Like, Van Wilder was so good. Like, he, that wasn't just a, an accident that he rode away from O'Connor and everybody yeah. on that climb. They'll have Ala Philippe, uh, Van Seven on Van Wilder, Vavarka as the main guys. What do you think quick step strategy should be? Should it actually. If you've got Remco in the group and Van Wilde jumps again, I know he just won. I feel like people still won't react.
0: I feel like I would look at it at a similar scenario as the one we proposed for Yambo, as in, an Philippe I don't see in the final. So why don't you use him to just do what he does best, attack early with and drop a bit later, but by attacking early, he puts pressure on UAE. He will, they will lose domestiques in that sense. Maybe Yambo will lose some domestiques yeah. as a consequence by being in that attack with Philippe. And therefore, you might have a scenario where you have Von Wilder and Remco in the final group where Bugaccia is solo and Roglic is solo. So... I'd like to have that scenario if I'm them. I do feel like, despite Van Wilder's win, that Remco might be solo leader. And I wouldn't necessarily play it like that, because I do like the rolling attacks, idea of doing so against a group that has Pogaccio and Roglic. But I think there's some hierarchy there.
1: The other option is, if you do still believe in Van Wilder, but you want a more closed race for Remco, is you do nothing. And you hope Van Wilder goes with Remco to Colle Aperto. And then you have you'll probably be the only team with two riders unless Hindley improves uh, from Trey Valley. And then you can use Van Wilder on Cole Aperto to put Remco in a good situation. That's the only I think they have to use Van Wilder in that way because like what are what are they just gonna make the race super hard for Remco to smash? I
0: don't and, know, man like I don't know what his shape is I like. Wouldn't necessarily i agree agree it's possible like if you have peak Remco here like best best of the corrupt yeah. Remco, then you can make the race hard and try and attack in that sense and then maybe you get over the top with pogaccio with roglic with carapaz maybe it's only with three riders maybe it's with two riders but if you don't necessarily have the best Remco here and that's something we don't know then i argue you're better off using a bit more style in your play, as in yeah try and use Von Welder to benefit both of them, and see if you can use rolling attacks to do so, because if remco's in the group and Von Welder attacks, curious if they'll attack to Von Welder, I think they'll respond to Remko anyway, but to Von Welder, they might not necessarily as quick.
1: Yeah. That's the, the real flaw in the Yumbo team that I see right now, is compared to UAE and Quickstep. UAE and Quickstep second guys are top 10 riders in the race at worst, probably. Yeah,
0: but we've spoken now, uh, I'll, I'll let you continue in a second, but we've spoken about, about Jumbo and about Quickstep, but we haven't really seen it from UAE's perspective. So after you're done with that uh, sentence, we should well, now, also take a look at UAE.
1: Well, yeah, UAE, they bring here the third place of 2021 on this very parkour, Adam Yates, who was in the best form of his life, won, GP, uh, won uh, Montreal just a month ago, and Ulysses, Formolo... Uh, I think Vine is going to Turkey, so he's he's out. Uh, ayuso didn't do Trey Valley. He was no good in Emilia. I don't think they should bring him um, personally. I think they should bring more dedicated domestiques like a Kovey. I don't know where he is, actually. I'm surprised Kovey wasn't in those squads. Mm-hmm. Um, Yates, they got to protect him. And, and Yates, like, it's very, very obvious that you attack first on Gander with Yates. Like it's. Yep. You make the race a little bit difficult if no one else has beforehand. If Yumbo jump, but that's, that's the problem is Yates is so much better than any of Yumbo's second guys. But Yumbo have more guys to jump earlier. Like, are they gonna? I guess that's Formula and Ulysses' job and Micah's job yep. and Grosschartner's job. If Walter jumps, you gotta jump. Otherwise, you can't. And I, I would try to create a race situation where, yeah, Yates goes on Ganda and there's a very high chance if he attacks in front of Pogaccio and Pogaccio doesn't close him down like he did on uh, Emilia last weekend, um, who's going to react? Who can react? Because Adam Yates yep. is probably going to be on Ganda, the top three strongest guy. Like 20 minute tests like that. So um, we'll see if that situation happens. But And then... Situation A, he goes away, he wins the race. Fantastic news. Situation yep. B, Roglic, Remco, Carapaz, Maas, Hindley, Vlasov have to work their ass off all the way in the valley, Pogacar in the wheel, and then Pogacar can go. So um, that's how I would play it. They will probably do a lead out for Pog on Paso de Ganda with Yates. He will attack. Mm-hmm. If he's the strongest to win, if he's not, he won't. <laughs> That's what they'll probably do.
0: I reckon as well. And it's like, looking at all these riders, and it's good that we've got a competition here at Lombardia, because we've had a few years where we're like, oh, Pogac is going to clean this. We've had a few years where we were hoping maybe Moz was going to wizardry something out of his pocket. But I feel like this year, I do feel like there's a lot of riders that have a chance of winning this race, which is good. But I'm also of the opinion that, is it me? Or could the Lombardia parkour be better if? The Gunda climb, for example, was with 50k to go, and there was a, a slightly, like, and there was another climb after that, so that there's a launching point earlier, because now I feel like the climbs before Ganda are not hard enough to really activate something, and therefore the GC riders, or, well, it's not the GC, but the favorites will always wait until, until Gunda, you know?
1: Yeah, if it's a nuclear race, maybe they could, but you're right. I don't see favourites jumping before Ganda. It just seems unrealistic unless Remco tries to really go for a long one. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I agree. Like, maybe we're underrating how hard the um the climb the climb, is. Uh, but let's do our EF, actually. EF yep. bring a pretty strong team. We mentioned Carapaz. Buran was jumping all over the place with Chavez earlier. I think they're the sort of team that they've got to pick their moment, which they didn't really do. Uran and Chavez too well on the weekend. They've got to also get riders ahead, I think. Um, Healy. Healy, yeah. Healy can't win the sprint. <laughs> uh, he can't win <laughs> on Cole Aperto, probably. They've got to be anticipating and, and going in groups earlier, which, uh, way, which makes it maybe it will open up really early.
0: How have we come to the point that it is Wednesday? recording this on Wednesday. Saturday is the race, and the only team that's announced their start list is EF. How ironic is that? Sorry, but...
1: I can't believe it.
0: What alternate (laughs) universe are we in?
1: They usually never (laughs) announce for a Grand Tour until, like, the day before. Um, And yeah it is annoying like we're trying to try and do the preview and they're the only team that's announced when everyone knows what their what their team is uh for the italian classics but <laughs> yeah that's um yeah credit to ef i guess but yeah uran healy carapace chavez they actually have four very nice riders to go to go early yeah. uh other teams rodriguez looked quite good in the Varasine. i think the longer climbs will suit him even more sivakov was also uh has been good i think the longer gradual climbs also suit him better than maybe yeah. the five minute punches we see in emilia and Varasine. so Ineos, those two in san sebastian last year went like three four or two three can't remember behind Remko, they should be also trying to get it there's just a lot of teams where if you think of the end game you just don't want to be in a sprint with Pogacar yep. and and Roglic. And that also goes for someone like uh, Ciccone on Little Trek or anyone on Israel like Turns, Woods. Vlasov? Vlasov and, and Hinley. The problem is Vlasov gets... He's in a weird zone right now where I talk to a lot of directors and like, for example, during the tour, people are, you know, worry about Vlasov's position. And I'm like, you don't need to worry about Vlasov, but he's got a bit of a... Like, he came second in Lombardia, you know, to Fulsang in 2020, he won Emilia, yeah. but he gets almost so much respect, it makes it harder for him to anticipate, because other favourites jump to him.
0: Yeah, that's kind of true, and it's like, I do rate him more in these, like, um, his hilly classics than I do in, like, the proper mountains, is the longer climbs that really are the, the weakness, in my opinion, of Lazov, and it's weird, because, like, I still visually remember that he was really decent on, on longer climbs, like, three, four years ago. And he started at Astana so it's odd how that how that changed but we've now come to the point where his problem is that he's kind of he's a solid puncher but he's not good enough to compete for the victory in my eyes so a top 10 is possible a top a fifth position is possible something like that but i don't see him compete with the best for the victory here and that's how i rate Vlazov here and th- that's for a lot of riders it's better for Hingley, i guess
1: this this parkour than the previous two longer climbs for the, the i reckon
0: but i don't see it either I see just a top 10 position for Hindley because he doesn't have that finishing ability on a parkour like this, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and that's like with Woods. Like, Woods are probably top 10, but you've got a descent. So before yeah. the longest, hardest climb, you got a descent that he's going to get caught on. Cole Aperto, is it long and hard enough for him? If it was 1k, 15%. Woods has more of a chance, but it's not. And the flat sprint, he's not winning. So yeah. And the valley is bad for him. So, it, you know... It's tough for a guy like Woods to really win this race. You need to have that whole package. Lotto yeah. Destiny, Monique, Krohn, Van Eidveldt. I don't know if Van Gilles is doing it. Um, they also should be moving early, but it might be a little bit too hard for them as well. Pino's last race for Groupama, FDJ. Mate,
0: if Pino arrives at this race with Martinez and Gregoire, it really feels like the changing of the guards in, in Groupama. Because I, I haven't seen like,
1: them in the previous two races. They've been really bad. Okay,
0: but when it comes to Pinot, it's like, it is his final race, he's been good at this race before, annoyingly honor. good, because uh, me as a fanatic Vincenzo Nibali fanboy, I was perishing in 2018 when he absolutely, um, very sad, destroyed Nibali on Civilio. don't want to talk about it anymore, that's the last thing I mentioned about my life. But he was also strong in other years. I swear he was second behind Nibali in 2017. Yeah. I guess. Oh, he's no. fifth. But 2014?
1: I, I swear he was he was third in 15. No. <laughs> I swear he got dropped on the descent one year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. He got dropped on the descent one year. You're right. In 2015, uh he indeed got third. And yeah. Yeah, there's been a few, uh there's been a few editions of of that. But I also feel like I don't expect anything from Pino and this race. <laughs> Like, it's going to be the kind of, like, celebratory thing. I hope he attacks at some point, some attack that completely explodes him. But at least we saw him in his final race. That's what I want to see. And I, I actually wonder how many fans there's going to be in Italy for this from Pino for his last race. But the fact that these youngsters are here, Lenny Martinez, Gregoire, I don't expect anything from them on this parkour necessarily. Because it's still a monument, a mountain monument. So Martinez might be a bit better than Gregoire on this one. But on the other hand, I'm like...
1: And they look terrible.
0: They look terrible recently, so <laughs> yeah.
1: Um George Zimmerman, I don't know if he's doing it for Marche. I always wanna I'm tracking him pretty closely. Yonis Zagira is my dark horse to win on Colfordis, actually. He started attacking in <laughs> Trey Valley yesterday. He's got the descent, he's got a decent sprint, he's got race sense, he's had a, an incredible year. I, I'm really seeing a Carapaz Yonis Zagira type move. Mm-hmm. Um because I it could, if Pog isn't superhuman, and I also wonder if Pog goes with Roglic over the top of Ganda, or Pog goes with Emco, or two of the three go, do they work well together in the valley? I don't know. Um, Remco rog- and Pogmite. And Rog and Pogmite as well, I think. Really?
0: Yeah. I know.
1: Uh, But that's the question I have. And so I really see uh, maybe a Basque Country stage six sort of situation in the end game. And so I really like Yoni Zagir in that scenario. Bahrain, uh, Santi's in been training hard in Italy. He came third in, in Liège. He's also got a decent sprint. He's also got a decent punch and I think okay race. And so Bahrain can't be counted out. I don't know if Walt Pools is doing it uh, or Morich who just did Crow race, but they could send a really strong team, Bahrain, as well uh, yep. in this race. So. If, yeah, it's, I think it could, it could be pretty interesting with a lot of riders that could win, because UAE's team, apart from Yates, like, is not as stacked as it was like last year. It was so
0: stacked, and they, control, they just suffocated the race. It's weird, because on paper it's stacked. But in practice, that's not a word, in practice, in practical, in, in the race... There it hasn't shown. Ayuso was not good in Emilia. Vine has been used early together with Micah, so Micah's form is probably not great. Vine has been used because other riders just weren't there anymore. And he's out. Is he out?
1: He's, going to, oh, he's yeah. doing Turkey.
0: Yeah, you're right. Presidential Tour of Turkey, that's a program decision. Do you like so, it?
1: Turkey? They all win no, the UCI I'm- ranking. Fuck my life. Which is funny because the way they use Yates means he can't get his best result for points.
0: Yes. <laughs> so the, whole, like, the whole thing about trying to win the UCI ranking, nobody fucking cares about the UCI ranking outside Benji. of UAE.
1: Machin did an interview with Mark. He said, actually, it means we're the best team in the world.
0: That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, Machin. It's bullshit. Like, yeah. you're not the best team in the world if you win the UCI ranking. <laughs> Yamavismar yeah. won three Grand Tours. That's the best team in the world right now.
1: Yeah, but if you're communicating season success to maybe a stakeholder or you, sponsor who doesn't I understand agree. cycling, you're like, hey, we're number one.
0: I agree. To a sponsor that does not understand <laughs> cycling, it might work. But I also think that that same sponsor would also be happy with Pogacar winning the Tour de France instead of uh, UAE ending up at the top of the UCI ranking at the end of the bloody year because not a single spectator gives a fuck about that
1: uh yeah I think it's kind of yeah it's kind of no one really does care I don't think um and they they changed the system again this year uh twenty riders count, so it really i think the twenty riders benefits the richer teams more i think it the twenty rider rule really hurts the the lower budget teams because the lower budget teams can't afford point scorers in their fifteenth roster spot, but yeah
0: yeah uh, I- i'm just i'm just I'm just shocked by the fact that I'm looking at your camera on the YouTube yeah. stream right now. <laughs> the sun's <and> come. <laughs> the sun's come. And, and you've actually become like an actual sun yourself.
1: <laughs> All right, why don't you give me your Dark Horse as well? i fix this.
0: Okay, I'll talk about my Dark Horse in the race, which I completely did not prepare. So, like, I do want to see Carapaz score well because he's really been in form and I feel like he deserves to be rewarded for the form he's shown in Giro dell'Emilia and Trevale Varesine. But he's not really a dark horse um god damn it do i even i don't really have a dark horse for lombardia i don't think a dark horse can win lombardia and patrick will never know what i just said so i'm afraid that um you'll never know my dark horse patrick <laughs> that's
1: good but yeah i'm gonna go with just my straight up pick i'm going on is to win this whole fucking thing fucking i think no. i think uae roglic pogaccio remko i think it could be could be something weird. So I'm going to go Yonis in Aguirre in a small sprint with uh, Richard Carapaz uh, going clear. Ilan Van Wilder just behind them. He got free reign to chase, but <laughs> he's net. He was...
0: Pong- they're, in the
1: <laughs> they're just looking at each other.
0: Looking at each other in the group at <laughs>
1: Yeah. They're just looking at each other. So, yeah, that's the type of race I'm, I'm thinking. Um, probably what will happen is uh, Adam Yates is lead out for Pog on Ganda, and he just stomps everybody. But... Okay. The thing is, will Roglic and Remco work together to chase him? Because Pogacar's sprint... Uh, uh, Roglic can catch
0: Pog on that descent, I think. I changed my mind. <laughs> After three years, Yui have learned their lesson. And Adam Yates will actually be used as a, as a duo leader. So Adam Yates as duo leader will win the race.
1: I mean, yeah, I think that's what should happen. I think is a pretty clear path for it to happen, but I'm just not convinced it will uh, in this race, but I'm looking forward to watching it. It's on remember it's on Saturday. Uh, forgive us for maybe not going through every single team in their entire roster, but a lot of them aren't confirmed. Maybe look out for the in the early breakaway Walter Calzoni, who was in the uh, breakaway in value Valley and was quite strong. Or Filippo Zana, I would also like to see going uh, even in the early break. I think he, Jake, I think he might even be allowed um, because he's not in the Italian national champs jersey anymore, so no one knows who he is again. Even though he uh, beat Pino in that koi uh, uh, in the Giro d'Italia this year, but um,
0: Olaf koi, <laughs>
1: Olaf koi, he, oh yeah, there was Sparkassen yesterday. Hagen has won. I didn't realize he'd won. Um, he's a dog buddy. He is. He's a pod fan, I think, him and omitted, which is good to see. Um, they'll be in a world tour next year. Is there anything else from this race, Benji?
0: I don't know. There's a lot next to the race that we uh, have to talk about in the coming weeks.
1: Oh, but... that's the thing to watch. So how soon after this race? So, right, everyone's, I think, so Rolich said he's announcing his team after this race.
0: Yeah, let's be but, honest, it's Bora, right?
1: Well, yeah, it seems to be Bora Hansgrohe. Um <laughs> My guess is the merger, non-merger, whatever's happening with Sudal, Quickstep, and Yambo visma My guess is they know what's happening and they don't want to announce it two days before Lombardia, where their entire roster, their, their riders are racing. When? How soon after the race is all that announced? Monday? Sunday? Nine minutes. always <laughs> just post on Instagram. What? That's nine minutes after the race.
0: No, no, no. As the riders cross the line, and then Bacala opens a Twitter account, which, why not? Sounds like a good event. Any types, done deal.
1: <laughs> Whatever That's that means. <laughs> so yeah, off the there'll be a lot of, I think, announcements off the bike. After this, the UCI yesterday uh, produced uh, basically a press release saying, you know, I think to calm some of the writers down because mm-hmm. frankly there's been uh, some incredible i mean to call it reporting is probably a bit generous uh from from marker and and lakip where they said that on sunday letters of termination had been sent to quickstep writers and i was like where how did they source that they kind of sourced it from a writer they kind of sourced mm-hmm. it from a team principal they kind of sourced it from an agent so if you haven't sourced it from those three um, that was turned out to be false. And so I think, I think
0: the, uh, yeah, I think the original reporting of that was done by Le Soir, which is like the, the Southern Belgian newspaper. And, um, maybe they took it over from that. Maybe they had their own sources for that, but it certainly wasn't, uh, didn't end up happening. So we've, we've seen quite a bit of misinformation in the last few weeks and it's yeah. shocking.
1: I mean, there's probably like given how late this leaked, there's probably a very small group of people actually plugged into what's really happening. So I think if you're not sourcing it from them, then people and random people saying, ah, oh, well this is like they they don't know.
0: But on the other hand, from a public perspective, so for example, me <laughs> looking from the outside, it is a very complex situation. I do understand that people have doubts about what is happening, as in, I understand that writers that are not involved in it are worried about their job security, but I also understand that when it comes to staff, but also when it comes to the public, there's also that feeling of like, ooh, who's going to be on the opposite side of this? Who's going to have the pain yeah, at the yeah. end of the road? Because someone's going to pay at the end of the road, whatever happens. And looking at this entire scenario, then, like the UCI said, for example, in their statement, there's a UCI rule that I saw a few weeks ago where in the first two years of the uci world tour license being renewed so for example the licenses the three-year three-year cycle what do you call it three-year cycle the three-year cycle was done at the end of uh, 2022 yes that was last year and the new cycle from 2023 until 2025 those licenses were renewed at the start of 2023, and in the first two years, those apparently can't move to another person,
1: yeah, according I mean, to the UCI rule. Okay, so yeah, the UCI released that saying, and people are like, oh, that, that means the license can't be sold. Incorrect. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. in practice, like you can still sell the, the holding company of the license. The UCI can't okay. stop you selling a majority share. What, you can only sell it once every three years, the majority share in your company? No. Like, <laughs> so they mean okay. you can't literally... Assign the license to somebody else, yeah. but you can just take over the company. That's no problem.
0: Yes, but does that also mean that you are forced to take over the paying agent of the riders yeah, that are yeah, left yeah. over? Well, then because you- that makes it less lovely to buy for a team like Unox, for example. I'm yes. Unox. I've got Norwegian and Danish riders. I'm not gonna buy some Belgians. But that's though- the point.
1: Because if you because that's the point. Because if you if you have if you can just assign the license, right? Yeah. Sell it, and then say my company is bankrupt now. And you just and the take, are fucked. Yeah, and the staff are fucked. But if you could, if you have to sell the company with the license to UNOX, then mm-hmm. the condition of holding that license, as the UCI said in their press release, is not just the sporting criteria, it's the ethical, financial, all that stuff, and then well, um
0: well, i it's mean not like they, those they criteria keep saying, saying that it's followed. like are you
1: fucking serious like teams have not paid riders <laughs> and passed that last year like exactly. a team didn't pay its riders for a long time and passed that it's like what like what do you have to do to not pass those criteria so it's really because uh, the sporting criteria is the last one i'm like this is the only one <laughs> pretty much exactly. to get supplied from what i can see um but yeah, it's, the UCI, I think, was trying to calm everybody down with that because of that yeah. re- early reporting. They were saying, hey, riders affected. If you have a contract, we're going to ensure that you don't get left in the lurch in respect of that contract at least. And even staff contracts, you're not just going to get thrown out on the street if you have an existing contract. That was, I think, the point of what they were saying. Also, I think they were putting a deadline on it. They said, I think October 15th, you have to, the teams have to submit all the essential information to the UCI, and then October 19th, the UCI publishes a short list of teams that have presented their essential information to be world tour teams in the following year. That then becomes a confirmed list in December or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah.
0: I believe that there should have been some lesson from last year. As in, the fact that the, the actual date where the stuff has to be given is all on October 15th is slightly worrisome for me. As in, I feel like the last deadline for a merger that should happen in cycling should be on the 1st of August, in general, in I mean, my opinion. You can
1: only announce transfers from the 1st of August.
0: <laughs> well, but, but that's the point, right? Yeah. Because then you're, you're allowing everybody that gets affected by it to handle it with the appropriate time, because now it's all going to be last minute. And yeah. there has to be some method to make it more morally right, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, I mean, but there's no... not sure indi- if that's
0: the right term, but...
1: But there's no indication that r- riders and staff are going to get laid off or fired, necessarily. I
0: agree, but I feel like it's, it's a likely scenario that someone will get affected. Even though it's not riders and staff, it might be a rider that might end up being not signed as a consequence, like you mentioned in the last podcast, for example. So there's always well, yeah. going to be someone affected by the, by, the, by the small time that it's going to be fall over.
1: Yeah, it's like you're right. It's locked up the transfer market for how long? Two weeks, probably nearly at this point. Um, But what was I saying? Yeah, so the UCI has basically put an end, a deadline on it to say, hey, if you, you don't, you, yeah, you need, this needs to be sorted one way or another by October 15th. And if you haven't, and if it, one of the teams or two of the teams, it'd be realistically probably one of the teams has not submitted the essential information by October 15th. We published on october 19th that team their riders are allowed to walk now their contracts are still valid with that with the original team but they're allowed to go and solicit new offers because basically it's giving them as you said benji a very short window of mm-hmm. however long before the the next year but it's trying to give them enough of a window to go and find a new team if for whatever reason, their team dissolves. Um, now from memory, B were given a, a, an extension last year, or I can't remember exactly what happened, but I feel like the B riders were told very, very late. Uh, and the, what about Quebec? Yeah. What happened with them? Because it wasn't Simon Clark, like he, like riders like that who trusted Quebec, they stayed very, very late. And then ironically, those team principles mm-hmm. then start new teams. So yeah, those other criteria, um, who cares about
0: them? <laughs> yeah, but like, if we take a look at the scenario, we know that on Quickstep's side, Bacala owns 80% of the stake, reportedly, and LeFevre 20% of the stake. On Jumbo Visma's side, I think Richard Plugge with Blanco Pro Cycling is the license holder, but the actual financial person behind the scenes is that dude that got rich of getting those like um, those special things you can do in supermarkets so for example you can save x amount of like stickers coupons. and you can get yeah ex- something like that like sticker coupons uh, robert van der wallen or something and like i'm wondering was this decided by bakala over lefavre's head and on Yambo's side was this decided by van der wallen over plug head
1: um i doubt no that plug would be included in. <laughs> i think so um... For a move like this but with quickstep i'm not sure i know that lefebvre said in his article last week that uh on saturday that patrick Paul had a, a meeting with with bakala above his head about things so yeah it but is... that was a
0: while ago i heard i heard that like two months ago or a month ago
1: yeah but that, that happened this year and so yep. it's probably been in motion since june july period um maybe that initiated it i don't know but We'll see. Probably after Lombardia. Hopefully after Lombardia, if everyone involved, there is clarity. Certainly, we'll have clarity on Roglic's team. Other, other news related to that is apparently Walvin Arts coach Mark what's his name? Mark Lambrecht.
0: Yes, Mark Lambrecht.
1: Is going with Roglic to Bora Hansgrohe. I'm not sure if that's with Roglic or he also just got an office. Staff move around. Is it a coincidence? Well, Probably not.
0: Reportedly moving. It's not official yet, but he's reportedly moving to. Uh... To Bora it's a very well, specific
1: and... rumor, like he's a, he's a <laughs> that, you know, it's, it's... <laughs> he, 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 who the that.
0: fuck would leave that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so uh, I think Keon's new trainer, maybe okay. Unless Keon leaves after 2024, then he's gone again, <laughs> then maybe Mark Lambrecht follows Keon to the next team that he joins,
1: <laughs> yeah. So And yesterday uh, it was reported or Jumbo confirmed via Daniel Benson that no riders will be going with Roglic because people were like, Jan Tratnik's Slovenian. He's going to leave too. That's not how this works,
0: buddy. (laughs) But the question there then is, if no riders are leaving with Roglic, then there's pure guess in my head. I don't know the exact numbers. Maybe 25, 26 riders still under contract or 2020 uh, for Jumbo Visma, which means there's only space for x amount of quick step riders in this entire deal anyway unless jumbo starts placing riders like um i don't really want to name anyone but if i have to someone like leonard hofstead or hesmond for example on a team that they don't need to care about but they they maybe have to pay their salary or something
1: could be have his contract terminated depending on what happens
0: not yet as in He's being investigated by the German police or yeah, something. German it's police. It's not with the UCI yet, right? No. So I wonder when we'll, we'll get an update from that. I read a recent update somewhere that he they didn't find anything in his house, but that doesn't necessarily much. But as a consequence, I'm like, I feel like that will be finished. After this year and not necessarily this year, still. So, but yeah, the German police don't care that. about
1: the merger, they'll take their time. Yeah. Like, they <laughs> <laughs> don't care about UCI essential documents deadline date.
0: But for me, this starts to feel not really like a merger.
1: Since, well, yeah, if there's only five spots, six spots, that's not a full, that, that's you know, it's not and many like,
0: spots. I know we're deep diving into this, and this is Lombardia podcast, but. What does this say about the motives behind this whole merger from both sides in the first place? As in, what are the motives from Quickstep's side? LeFevre wants to get out, is one of them. And on Yumbo's side, I'm like, there's the rumor of Specialized, there's rumor of Sudal wanting to go over. They also mentioned at some point, Sudal, that they would be interested in going over regardless of Remco, which is pretty big sponsor-wise. Then there's the Amazon thing that is also affected there. I'm like... What is the real motive from Yumbo's side in your eyes, if you're like seeing that from the outside? Well, I
1: guess you. Remco's pretty good. Yeah. Roglic obviously wanted to leave. And without Remco, you'd have one GC, top tier GC leader in the team, like top, top GC slash climbing rider. Um, obviously, Jorgensen and, and others and that they, they hope get there, but they're not at mm-hmm. that level yet. Um. And I guess if you can get back across, it's across, it's another billionaire yeah, um, as well. True. So, but yeah, you're right. If you got Amazon and you got Visma and you're sort of good for sponsors, why would you do it uh, as well?
0: It starts to feel to me like Yumbo or the team behind it wasn't able to secure this large budget that they hoped they would from an international sponsor. And therefore they wanted something extra, which is a Sudal, for example which kind of makes me worry about the sport if the biggest team can't do that. No, that I, think, I think that's
1: been overplayed a little bit. Like, okay. they just announced Amazon are coming in. They got Visma. Yeah,
0: I, I agree, but it's also... Like people are like, oh, Amazon's they can't find a sponsor. It's like they just did. They just did, but it's also like, didn't it didn't expand their budget. They needed the potential merger to expand their budget based yeah. on the reported amounts.
1: Well, it depends, like they're shutting down the skating team. I don't know what's yeah. happening with the, the women's team. That seems to be, had a cha- not seems to be, it's had a change of management. Um, I'm but
0: worried y- about the women's team. As in, I'll, I enjoy the change of management because I feel like they were visionless in the past. There were no real changes there when it comes no. to the... Van Van Empel, godlike rider. She's going to be good in the future. But outside of that, it feels like they went stagnant over the years. And maybe the change of management will change that. But on the other hand, I'm also feeling like the whole women's team is an afterthought in this entire discussion for the people involved.
1: I think so. Yeah, it doesn't really get mentioned, even though it is within the same structure. Whereas the Quick, quick Steps women's team, maybe I think Lefebvre does have an equity stake in it. It does yeah. share sponsors, but it is separately owned. It is yeah. not within the same structure. Um, maybe that means And they've it,
0: confirmed that it's yeah. safer or something.
1: So that will exist independently. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to finding out what will happen. I guess to answer your question short, Benji, if you can bring a, if you could bring another billionaire into your, into your structure, why wouldn't you do it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, True. But hey, that's the humble Vismo stuff, the merger stuff, some discussion about it. But when it comes to Cavendish, we've heard uh, some yeah. news today.
1: Mark Cavendish via Astana announced that he will be returning for the 2024 season. This was, I think, when I was like, oh, this is really, really happening, um, is when Merku said he was going to be joining Astana or the Danish press reported it. I was like, well, they're not signing him to lead out Case Boll, I don't think, Uh, or Alexei Lutsenko." So Astana and Merku, oh, not Astana, well, Astana and Merku, Cav. He looked good. Didn't he come second the day before
0: he crashed out on the tour? Yes, or he, he also had that sprint where he had his mechanical...
1: Yeah, he was coming fast.
0: Yeah, he was ahead, I think, and Philipson came from... Am I stupid? I think so. I don't... What do you mean? You think I'm stupid or you think that... Don't say both.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, also, yeah, a lot of people had had issues with the... um with chain drops i think as well uh, when they were trying to iron out like a lot of people couldn't get 12 12 speed compatible crank sets or something i don't really understand it. luke will know it better but i hope that issue is resolved as an aside where um shimano went to 12 speed but then chain and cassette and the and, and a lot of the teams i know didn't have um the right crank set um but that was in 2022 you you saying so
0: I've lost it. I'm so confused. I've lost
1: it. Once I start talking about it, I just lose it. But yeah, that, that was this year anyway.
0: But Cavendish is continuing for is another he winning year.
1: A stage. At the tour. That's why this is happening.
0: How likely is the Mercu transfer?
1: Alright,
0: 100%. Okay, then he's winning on Champs-Elysees. Fuck it.
1: That's impossible because they finish in Nice. Fuck! Yeah, <laughs> Hilly circuit.
0: Damn it! I blew it. <laughs> um, Mark Cavner is going to win a mountain stage.
1: Maybe Astana just stage. They block off the Champs-Élysées. They just stage him winning there. Be like, hey, <laughs> stage 22 of the Tour de France.
0: <laughs> Damn it. Um, I thought I had my prediction. <laughs> he's
1: one year older. He's had a crash. I think he'll be
0: motivated. I don't know. It's a lottery. It's a lottery. Might as well try it. What the fuck is Astana doing anyway otherwise?
1: I, exactly. I don't think Mercu will be good, though.
0: He might as well try it. Eh? I think Merku. At is, least they is have. Lo, the... Is he low
1: key, high key washed, as LeBron would say?
0: <laughs> as long as they have the chemistry, the dream is possible. Yeah. Old chemistry is still chemistry.
1: It is, and maybe it's just another person to help coach the other riders, like a case bowl. Like this is how you do a lead out. This is what we want to achieve. Um, because yeah. Oh, Siri, I don't think will be that guy, but they gotta get. They got no one to set up. I guess they brought in Kanter. They just signed Max Kanter. So Kanter, Merku, Ballerini. It's actually oh, it's Ballerini, Merku. It's actually looking like a. They got two of the quick-step train from twenty twenty one. It was Merku yeah, Ballerini. The exact
0: train that was washed in twenty twenty three.
1: Yes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but maybe that's the chemistry with Jakobsen.
1: They got Schelling. I mean, it is it should be better than this year's train like it it should be better can't be much worse
0: depends eh? if you get gary and thomas to do it again
1: yeah maybe i don't know if he'll do the tour of france um but yeah that's cav uh hopefully he has some success next year to be honest it makes sense because if I was them, I'd get him to do all three Grand Tours and try and just rack up points because they need some points, Astana, despite Lushenko's uh, really good farming in the Summer Asian Games and the, um, Tour Turkey. the Tour of Turkey upcoming, which he might win. He's good in those sort of races. Otherwise, uh, probably should have had it in the merger discussion. Movistar released a very strange statement uh, this morning because yeah. people have been saying what's going on with the team. And the statement reads uh as follows if i can find it uh good day we know that many of you are waiting for news and uh we apologize to you for the weight uh or some of you are upset by the weight regarding our men's team 2024 uh in a few days we'll give you more information we're going to speak first uh about our current staff and then about incorporations but i don't know if plantilla and my spanish obviously is okay but if plantilla means staff staff or like roster uh i'll need someone to to so maybe they mean i, I think what they mean by that is they'll talk about extensions first renewals of current riders, so. uh because it'd be weird to it's like no one's waiting for staff news <laughs> um <laughs> and then talk about new signings coming in from other teams so yeah. they're just saying we'll talk in a few days which is i do hate tweets like that it's like well I guess maybe it calms people down because it's saying... It's
0: different. As in, Quickstep has the announcement of the announcement of the announcement sometimes. Okay, I did
1: it yesterday. It's criminal.
0: I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but when it comes to Movistar, it feels more like...
1: We're not folding. This- They're telling me we're not folding.
0: It feels like I'm a social media manager of a team and I'm getting worried that I'm getting assaulted by everyone in the comment section telling me, where's the fucking news? Where's the fucking news? So I give them a message just to calm them down. True. That's how it feels. Yeah.
1: It's coming in a few days. We're not folding. I think you're right. That's kind of what it is. So hopefully Movistar, because they've got seven riders confirmed for next year. It's October 4th. Uh, and they have on their roster, yeah, as I said, seven riders. That's just crazy. Um, so yeah, we'll see.
0: I do believe Movistar will be, will be fine in 2024. As in, like... Maz is probably going to be the leader again. Yeah. And from an article from Nacho Labarga in, a, in Marca, he went through everything when it comes to the team. Uh, obviously, Carlos Rodriguez didn't, didn't work out. Um, but there's so many riders that are likely to actually be We assume be they just
1: extended everybody on, that's out of contract, right?
0: Yeah, most of them, definitely. And there's also riders that are going to be joining. Like we spoke about Pelayo Sanchez at some point. I'd expect Rubio, Rojas, Pedrero, Arcas, Cortina, maybe Gaviria as well, also to be to be extended. And next to next to um tu, 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 tu.
1: And, and Flo- lo-
0: Rodriguez was leaving, right? Yeah. So they
1: they like, lost Oscar Rodriguez reportedly to Ineos. Cantor's gone. Jorgensen's gone. Verona's gone. Gorka Izagirre is gone. So that's uh for five riders probably. Definitely out the door. Um, And so that brings you down to, you know, uh, I think everyone's going to get extended because there's not enough rumors about riders going there. Yeah, but also, why not? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, say they bring in Pelo Sanchez and five
0: other sort of Spanish. for example. Is he going to uh, Bora? Is he going to Bora? He might be, actually. No, I, I, can't, I f-
1: always confuse him with um, the other fella. who's Who the fuck the, other? Is the other fella? Who's the other guy going to going to Bora?
0: <laughs> Spanish guy going to Bora.
1: Roger Adria. Adria? Yeah, yeah, Raul Garcia Piana. He's going to Arkea. Um, oh, yeah. On a one-year. Very strange. So, <laughs> if he's going to Arkea and is going to Bora. And it's like, what Spanish so guys are they bringing in, Movistar? Because they're like 22. And Igor Arrieta yeah, went to... Yeah, that was because the father got fired at Movistar, so that was never happened. He's going to <laughs> UAE. So I think there's going to be a lot of extensions um, for like the guard Holman type guys. And I assume they're already done. Uh, like Nelson Oliveira has been extended because if he wasn't, like Ineos or Bora, whoever should be trying to sign that guy because he's still yep. so good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very weird to have all this transfer news still up in the air so late. Anyway, that's our Lombardia preview and some uh, news around the traps. Is anything else, Benji? Any
0: don't other know. bombshells? I think that's about it. There's probably another bombshell here or there that is about to drop this month. Some great for the sport. Some might be less. We don't know. So, guess we'll see. We'll be here to pick it up. All right, we'll see you with our
1: recap of Lombardia on Saturday. Hopefully it's an exciting race. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Ciao.